if you've been born one time to be connected with God, you've got to be born a second time. So there's a second birth, and, and as you receive Jesus, what, what you receive is the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of us. And the person of the Holy Spirit and what he does in us is what the world is waiting for. The world, it says, creation groans and waits for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God in the earth. God doesn't just want people to live here and exist here and, and just barely make it through and just try to make it through and try to figure things out. We can know exactly what God put us here on the planet for. And he, and he put each one of us on planet earth to be connected to the rest of the body. Our connection with each other causes the spirit that Jesus operated in to operate in the earth when we connect with each other. The Bible says in John 3 that Jesus operated in the spirit without measure. There was, there was no limitation to him. When you and I got born again, we were dealt a measure of faith. And, and as, a, as the body of Jesus Christ and, and it being, there being many members to the body of Jesus Christ, today you as an individual will never accomplish on the earth what Jesus accomplished without the body, without the other parts. Think of yourself as a hand and think of yourself separated from the rest of the body and trying to accomplish many great things. I mean, the things that a hand can do, it can do, but a hand can't do what a foot can do. And a foot can't do what a hand can do. And a hand can't do what an elbow can do, and on and on and on. And the more we see that with ourselves and one another, that life is not about you. It, life is about God and what God wants to do with you in the earth. And I said this as I've taught this series on, on the Holy Spirit being the help, the helper. I've said this to you, and, and I'll say it to you again today. And, and I think if, if humanity can grab this simple revelation, it, it will change them. And it's this, that you need help. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. <laughs> you need help. Well, God put us on planet Earth to need help. We weren't put here to have it all and have it all figured out. One of the reasons that most people operate in pride is because they think they don't need help. Well, you don't need to operate in pride. You need help. <laughs> you don't have it all. You don't know it all. You don't have it all. You've never, you'll never figure it all out within yourself. And, and, and when you come to the place where you realize there's no self-made people on planet Earth. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what Frank Sinatra says. I don't care what anybody else says. You can try to do it your way, but it's going to end up failing in the end. Everybody's way fails when it's not connected to God. Even if it doesn't appear like things fail. Everything fails that's not connected to God. Because he created all of us and put his spirit or he put his laws inside of all of us and put the potential for us to be connected with him in each and every person. I don't care what people believe today. I don't care what religion people are connected to. I don't care if you're Muslim or whatever you are. Everybody was created by the God of the Bible. And the only reason I say that is because I believe the Bible. I can talk to another guy that doesn't believe the Bible and they won't think that. And I'm not going to argue with people about it. But the God of the Bible created everybody. We were all created in his image. And we were created to be connected to him. And if we're born again, then the Spirit of God is on the inside of us. And that Spirit is one with the Holy Spirit. And we have to understand that. And we're going to read a couple verses to, to just, you know, really solidify that in this teaching. I'm going to read them again that I read last week. But... but we have to realize that when you receive Jesus and you get born of his spirit, your human spirit and his spirit are one. One. We're one. So today, today we're going to talk about, we, we, we started the series last Sunday, but today we're going to talk about how to activate 
the Spirit of God. But I want to read just a few verses um, that we looked at last week. And the first two are in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 3. And verse 16. Here's a question in this verse. This, this one verse here is a question. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Well, what I've found out with most people that I've ever talked to, that they don't know this. You're the temple, you're the dwelling place of God. God chose to live inside of us on planet Earth. God's everywhere, He's omnipresent, He's everywhere at all times. But He chose on planet Earth to live inside of us. So the question is, do you not know that you're the temple of God and that, and that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you? If you don't know that, you need to know it and you need to understand what that means. Someone can say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm born again and the Spirit of God's inside of me. But do we understand what that means and do we know how to activate the Holy Spirit? Because see, people, people have this mentality that, well, you know, God will just do what God wants to do because God is sovereign. Everybody say this with me. God is sovereign. But God says he's sovereign according to his word in this dispensation of time where we're concerned. Not everything else. God's multifaceted. I mean, there's probably, there's probably a, a, you know, there could be other life Systems. There could be other planet and galaxies and other places that have living, you know, that have living life on those other planets somewhere. Who I don't know. God, God's God. But we're talking about this dispensation of time with the people on planet Earth for the last six thousand years, and and especially in the last two thousand years since Jesus came and delivered us from the mess that Adam and Eve left humanity in. When Adam and Eve chose what they chose, they left humanity in a mess, and Jesus came and brought us out of the mess and into God, the connection with God, and that's what we need to understand. You know, I had somebody ask me after Wednesday night, or uh, I made some comment about people living on other planets and other times and all those kind of things, and they were just asking me what I meant by that. I said, well, I don't even know what I mean. I'm just saying there could be, should be, Probably woulda, coulda, shoulda. There's probably stuff out there, but that's not where you need to spend your time. You and I don't need to be spending our time trying to figure out if there was other people that lived a million years ago. Don't get in an argument with people that say that that planet Earth is a million years old, and, and what we know from the Bible, it's a, it's a little over six thousand years old. Don't get don't get in an argument with people because they may be right. All I'm concerned about is the last 6,000 years, and especially since Jesus left planet Earth, I'm focused on that right now because, because whether he comes back through the rapture of the church, whether it's just a millennial reign that we just turn around and reign with him for 2,000 years on planet Earth, whether he, you know, there's a mid-trib, there's a this-trib, that-trib, whatever-trib, I believe it's the pan-trib, it's all going to pan out in the end. Amen? And, and, and listen, all the people that are so focused on the end time and what's going to happen, we've got to get our focus on this. There's a, there's a parable in the Gospels, and it's the parable of the unjust judge. And the question that is asked, when the Son of Man comes, what does that mean? It means he's coming. Okay? He's coming. He, when he returns, he's coming. Everybody say, he's coming. Okay. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? Faith where? Just laying around? No, will he find faith in us? Will he find us hiding in a cave somewhere because some bad thing's going to happen to us? Or will he find us developing faith and living by faith day to day? That's what he's looking for when he returns. Let, all the other, let him deal with all the other stuff. When, when you and I get to heaven, we'll, we'll probably, there'll probably be libraries that are so long you, can, you don't even see the end of it full of books like this. And we got one. And we fight over it. <laughs> right? We don't need to fight over it. We got the Holy Ghost. Right? So just don't know, I've got all the answers and everybody else is a bunch of liars. Okay? No, I'm teasing. 
So <clears throat> when I preach the word and I bring the word to you, you gotta, you've got to take what I, what I say and you've got to go look at it for yourself and the Holy Spirit's got to show you that it's true. Amen? That's how we work. That's the Holy Ghost. We've got to develop it. Even if you're in disagreement with what someone else preaches, you don't like it. That's okay. You don't have to be mad at people. Everybody sees things. We all see through a glass darkly, and that darkness is getting brighter and brighter and brighter if we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us. If you just hear something and take it as gospel truth and run off and say, well, so-and-so said this or that or whatever, you, 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 a lot of times you can be messing with the wrong stuff because you don't really have revelation of that. That may be someone else's revelation, but it's got to become revelation to you and that's what the Holy Spirit the help was sent here to do okay so the question is do you know you're a temple you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you verse 6 and verse or chapter 6 and verse 17 but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him so your human spirit and his spirit are one that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Right? So, this morning, I'm just going to get kind of right to w where I left off last week. But I want to go and spend most of my time in John 14. So... John 14. And ho hold your place there. And I mean, if you have a Bible or you're, you've got whatever you've got that you're on or you're just watching the screen up there. Um, I want to read this first. Romans 8. And then we'll look at John 14. Romans 8 and verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. See, if what we just read in, in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, those who, who, are, who are joined to, to, to the Spirit of God are one with Him. Okay? And we read right here, for you did not receive the spirit of, of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out the Father, for the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. So, we see in this passage that the Spirit of God has been given to us to reveal to us who we are first. Because you can't tell someone else who God is if you don't know who He is yourself. And, and as we've talked about many times here and we continue to talk about, we have to understand that we are a three-part being, that that who you appear to be in this body is not who you really are. Who you really are is the spirit inside of you. If we were created in the image of God and he is spirit, then we're spirit. We're not created in the animal class. We're not created in any other type of class, not the angelic class, not any other class. We're created in the God class. We were created in the image of God. Same way my children were created in my image. They didn't come from dogs. My children didn't come from dogs. They came from my wife and I. Same way you didn't come from angels or a tadpole or, or a monkey or anything else. You came from God, created in his image, and he is spirit. So what this is is the temple that houses the spirit of God, and inside you is your human spirit. We've just read that. And your spirit and his spirit have to bear witness of who we are. Because if not, then you try to figure out who God is with your head, and all the stuff in the world will confuse you and talk you out of it and tell you that that's not true. 
See, if we try to figure it out here, we'll lose the battle. If we learn to figure it out in here, we'll always win. Always. Right? Spirit. His spirit and my spirit are one, and his spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God and, and, oops, I lost my place. Look at the, the next verse. Give me Romans 8, 17. Do we have it up there? And if I'm a child of God, watch this, then I'm an heir. I'm an heir of God, and I'm a joint heir with who? What does it say right there? Christ. Now hear me. I'm not a joint heir with Jesus. I'm a joint heir with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him that we also may be glorified. But I'm a joint heir with the anointing. So in other words, what was on Jesus when he was baptized in the river Jordan, what what what. What happened to him on the inside of him, to get this picture, and it's kind of a difficult picture, and I'm not saying this to confuse you, but he was the third part of the triune being. He was the son of God, and he was all God, but yet he was all man. And so God's spirit became one with his human spirit, the part of him that was all man, And yet, the spiritual part of him was the part that was one with him. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I mean you, there's certain things you just can't figure out, but that's what happened. Because he became, he didn't become, he didn't come to the earth to become the son of God. He came to the earth to become the son of man. He already was the son of God. He came here to be something else so that he could be the perfect example for you and I to follow after. And, and as we become joint heirs and one with the anointing, then we can accomplish in the earth, all of us, together, connected one to another, we can accomplish in the earth what he did. And I'll show you. John 14. And verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Who's he talking to? People that are born again and people who have come to the realization that they're on planet earth and they need help and once they start getting the help from the holy spirit and they get the revelation revealed to them on the inside and they really believe this then we can do this so what that means is i need to be spending more time focusing on how to access and release the holy spirit inside of me and what that really means, how to, how to hear the voice of the Spirit, then trying to figure out how to live in this life. Because when I access the person of the Holy Spirit, he'll give me everything that I need. Everything. Now, verse 1 of chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Remember where it said that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost? What he went to prepare a place for was not a, a physical mansion for you to live in. What he went to prepare, this, this is something that Jesus said on that side of the cross. What he went to do was, he went to prepare a place for you and I that we would be with him forever. See, up to that point right there, up to that point, The Spirit of God was in one man on planet earth, and it was Jesus. Had Jesus not gone through what he went through, then the Spirit of God couldn't be back inside of mankind like he was in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve sinned. When that happened, the Spirit of God left mankind, 
And even though the Spirit of God would rest and reside on people and around people in the Old Covenant, never did was the Spirit of God inside of man until Jesus came back and, and he reconnected us to God. And now we've been reconnected and we have the helper. See, Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father. Jesus Christ, the person Jesus Christ, the third part of the triune being, is not inside of you. He is, but he's not. He's at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the representation of the three parts of the triune being that lives inside of us. And everything that Jesus did, it's confirmed by the Holy Spirit. So I'm born of the Spirit of God. I was created by the Spirit of God. Now I've been born a second time by the Spirit of God. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because I'm one with Christ. I'm not separate. I'm not over here trying to figure Christ out. Christ is in me, and and I need that revelation to be revealed, and I need it to evolve in my life so that I can become all God created me to be, but not just for me, but for you and you and everybody else, the same way you were created for everybody else too. So we were created for each other. Jesus had the spirit without measure. You and I were dealt a measure. And when we put our measures together, we make up him. It's the way he made. Amen? You and I need the help on a day-to-day basis to understand how not to be troubled. Let me ask you a question. Is there trouble out there today? Okay. Is, Is there like some really intense trouble out there today? How many raise their hand, you, you've noticed some trouble? I mean, really. I mean, if you really believe there's some trouble, raise your hand. Come on. Everybody raise their hand if you've heard of some trouble lately. Okay. All right. Now let me ask you this. With some of the trouble you've heard, has it tried to create fear in you? Somebody told me this story. Was you told me that story about somebody in some town that some older couple and and they wouldn't come out of their house right because they thought isis was going to get them yeah and so they've been they've been locked in their house because they've been so afraid that that isis is going to come get them and 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 see see the problem and i'm not saying that to be i mean i mean that's real these people are afraid you know and and who has promoted that the news media has promoted that. The news out there is promoting fear of all the bad things that are happening. Are there bad things going on? Dang right. But there's been bad things going on since Adam and Eve gave in. Since they took a bite. I think about that every time I eat an apple. You know? Ever since they took a bite, there's been bad things going on, okay? But he, here's, here's what Jesus, notice, Jesus didn't give this as an option. This was a command. Let not your heart be troubled. There's another passage in Matthew that says, In the world there is much tribulation. Be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Notice, he said that by faith. That was before he overcame. He said that by faith that it was so. So when we hear reports and, we, and fear comes and it tries to grip you, and fear is a real thing, don't, don't, don't act like fear's not there. It's there. You've got to hit fear head on with everything that the Word of God says is true, and you've got to attack it and give it no place in your life because it's there and it's there every day. And every time your eyes open up every single morning, it's waiting for you. But you know what else is waiting? What else is waiting? The mercy and the grace of God. They're new every morning. Hmm? Hello, mercy and grace. Open your eyes and just, hello, mercy and grace. Fear you have no place. I mean, you, you've, got to, you've got to, I mean, you know, get some little nice little rhyme going, you know, with, with those kind of things. I mean, it'll help you. You'll wake up and you'll think about that and you'll think, you'll think about the mercy and grace. The other day my wife and I were, were praying and we, we, we used that scripture and, 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 and 
it just, as we were talking about it, that, that's what dawned on us. The mercy and grace are waiting for you. It's like your eyes are closed. There it is. The mercy and grace are waiting for you. And what is mercy and grace? It's nothing you deserve. <laughs> Nobody deserves it. It's all, it's all of God. It's all from God. It's there to empower you, to give you favor in the day, to give, to give you awareness, to give you this revelation of righteousness of who you are. Every morning, there, there they are. They're, they're waiting for you. But so is fear. And what matters is what you turn on first. Hmm? You turn on the word first. You know, I'm just talking about where you're aware of what's coming in or do you turn on what they're saying out there because if fear is filling you up first place in the morning, it's difficult to get it out. And, 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 and beyond that, where, where, does the, where does the enemy, where does he get most of his stuff done? In darkness, at night, when you're asleep. That's why you can have a great day and wake up the next morning and feel like you've been run over by a truck. Because of what he works on in your mind when you're asleep. See, you, see, you sleep, but your spirit doesn't. And that's why when you go to bed, it's good to be speaking the word before you lay down so that that's the last thing that you're thinking about. And your spirit man, you know, that is one with God will battle even in the night when you have that awareness. When you wake up thanking God for the mercy and grace, when you're waking up aware of the person of the Holy Spirit and activating him on a day-to-day -day basis in your life instead of the other things, the more you practice that, the stronger that it gets. But you practice and you meditate and you listen to the fear that's out there and, it, and it, it consumes you. And then all of a sudden, one day you just find yourself talking so much about it that you may lock yourself in the house and not come out because they may come get me. I flew into Israel several years ago and I get off the plane and the door opens and the first thing that I see is an M16 hanging on this guy's back. I, I didn't even see the guy. That was the first thing I saw. Took another five steps, there's another M16, and another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. And, and we were there, and, and we, had, we were privileged to go into a lot of different places and with a lot of military people. And, and while we were there, I was asking him one day, I said, you know, does, it, does all the attacks and things that have come against you, has it been difficult on you as a nation for you guys to, to, for there to be normal life? He said, no, we have normal life. That's why we carry these. <laughs> we're going to have normal life. We don't care. We're, they're not, fear is not, in other words, what they were saying to me is fear is not going to shut us down. You understand? Now, over here, don't, don't, don't say, well, you know, Pastor said we need to carry an M16. And, you know, that, that's what that's will get. No, no. I, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is you understand in, in their world, that's, that, that is, that, they do that. that. That's what they do there. That you, you can't necessarily do that here, but we can carry our M16 of the word and our shield of faith, right? And have our breastplate of righteousness on and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and our helmet of salvation, right? And our loins girt about with the truth. We, we, we can have the armor on all day long. You can sleep in your, don't take your armor off at night, sleep in it. I'm telling you today, the enemy has nothing on the church who believes. Can you say amen? amen. So when he says, he says, in the world there's much tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome it. We've got to take him. That has to be an absolute. So no matter where it looks like the world is overcoming, it doesn't matter. He's already overcome. So my faith is in him. My confidence is in him. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Now, verse 19. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. This is on the other side of the cross. Jesus telling his disciples, but you'll see me. Because I live, because I live you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. 
He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us, watch this, so powerful, man, man. Before I read this, that verse 22 right there, turn over to No, I'm not going to do that. Go back to 22. Okay, verse 23. Uh, 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? What a good question. How is it that you'll manifest yourself to us in the midst of what's going on and not to the world? Watch this. He answers it in the next two verses. Let's read that together, verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, no, no, just let me read it and you just follow me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that, that is, yeah, that's what I said. You, you, you did what I said. <clears throat> here, here it is. And, and I just encourage you, you go meditate this, this week on these two verses of Scripture, 23 and 24. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Remember, here's Jesus teaching a group of people on the other side of the cross what this stuff is really, what, what it really means, okay? So here's people that are not born again, and he's teaching them and explaining. We're born again, and he's telling us this through his word here. If you'll keep my word, then the Father and I will come to you, and we'll make our home with you. Verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my word or my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the fathers who sent me. So keeping the word, keeping the word and and keeping the word of God on a day-to-day basis is the key to your and my success because here's, here's how he ends this little passage here from John 14. He said, verse 25, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Wow. He said, I've, I, these things I've spoken to you, everything he just said, he, you know, I've spoken these things to you while you're present with me, but... You and I weren't present with him, but he sent us a helper. And you know what that helper does? When you hear me tell you something like I'm telling you today, when you hear me tell you something as I'm, as I'm sharing with you today, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will take the words that I give to you and he'll reveal to you personally exactly what Jesus means to you. The same way that he revealed things, he spoke to them in parables and then he gave them the understanding. So when I preach something to you, I'm I'm like preaching to you, I'm preaching something right here that I've spent hours studying, hours studying. I don't expect you to have the revelation that I have about this. I'm I'm not saying you don't have revelation about what I'm teaching. But I don't expect you in this message to understand everything. And I, I may get excited as I'm teaching this message because, man, I've spent hours meditating on this. So in a way, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm giving this to you in a parable, and then the Holy Spirit takes what I say, and he reveals it to you where you need it. Because everybody needs it in a little bit different way, right? So, yes, the preaching of the Word is important. It's vital because the Bible tells us it is. 
But what's more important is what the, Holy, the person of the Holy Spirit reveals to you on a day-to-day basis about these things. I mean, I'm giving you nuggets and truths right here that you, you ought to spend, you ought to spend, I've spent hours understanding what I'm saying to you, so I'm not just telling you something that I've heard from someone else. And you realize nobody is original, right? Somebody else has preached this word before. Maybe not exactly like mine because it's so dang good, but, you know. But, but I mean, I mean you, you, you understand this has been preached before. I mean, other people have preached this word. There's nothing original. There's nothing new under the sun. It all originates from God, right? He's the originator of everything. So when I'm, when I'm preaching this and I'm delivering this word and the time that I spent, if you take even a, a tenth of the time that I've spent on this, there's no end to what the Holy Spirit will reveal to you personally about what he wants to get over to you. Just simply, I mean, start with the fact that you need help. Man, I, <laughs> I need more help today than I did when I first got saved. <laughs> and you'd think I'd need less. No, no, no. I need more because I realize how much I don't know. <laughs> See, back then, you know, first year I was saved, I figured, you know, I heard uh, 45 messages and I had it all down and I'm ready to go, you know. You can't tell me anything and I know it all and that's just the way it is, you know. And not everybody's as smart as I am and I've got it down. See, and then two years I knew a little bit less and then five years I knew a little bit less and a little bit less and a little bit less. And 37 years later I know a whole lot of not very much. You see, because what happens is God gets so much bigger. You see, it's not that I don't know what I know. I know what I know, but I don't know it like I need to know it. See, and, and, and that's how much I need the Holy Ghost, and that's why you need to hear somebody challenge you with a message so the Holy Spirit can take what you heard and do something with it. Holy Spirit doesn't reveal air. He reveals His Word. Can you say amen? Now, Look what he said, and then I'll end with this. All right, got one verse, and I'll end with that. Or five. Verse 27. Gosh, just think of this. And I mean, they were freaking out when he said he's going to leave. They were freaking out. Why, why would it profit us and be beneficial that you leave when the only place that anything is happening on planet earth is wherever you are. And he said, it's more beneficial that I leave you so that I can send you the helper. And all he was saying was, so that what's happening with me everywhere I go, now it can happen with all of you wherever you go. So then we can, see, we can save the whole world. If you ever hear somebody say this out of their mouth, if you hear somebody give this kind of a statistic, you know, don't be ugly, but just kind of don't let that affect your mind. But I've heard, I've heard for years, and, and more lately this year, I've heard people give me statistics like this, that by 2020, that the Muslims will be taking over the world. And the real problem I have with that, okay, I'm not against Muslims. I'm not against, you can believe whatever you want to believe. But I know they don't have the truth. I know it. I'm saying it kind of quiet. You know, there's no cameras in here, right? And if you're taking a video, don't give it to Fox News or something. But I'm just saying they don't have the answer. They're not all bad people and all, you know, going to fix and to cut your head off and all those kind of things. I mean, let's just talk truth, okay? They're not. I, I have friends that are Muslims, and they're good people. Okay, they're people. They were created in the image of God just like you. I don't care what other people say. Everybody was created in the image of God. And God doesn't want one to perish, but everybody to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Everybody. So when I hear people give me statistics about 2020 and the Muslims are taking over, but what about what I'm doing? <laughs> I mean, just me. And then what about what you're doing? And then what about what everybody else on planet Earth this morning in is doing? No, what I say is, by 2020, I'm expecting the planet to be saved. 
we got the stuff that's real. I'm reading to you things that were given to us to change the planet. You know, and how do you change the planet? One person at a time. You just love people. You, you, you love people so much that they want what you have. You don't preach to them. You don't read them the doctrinal right. You know, you don't go after them, you know, with a pitchfork and, you know, try to take them out and do what they do. You know, those kind of things. People that are bad and evil and do evil things and terrorist groups and all those kind of things, all of that, all of that, they do it because they don't know this. See, so how are they going to know this unless you believe it and you believe it and each one of us believe it and then we love them? What was the great commandment? Love. What was the great commission? Make disciples. Those are the last two things Jesus talked about. And how much time do you spend loving God and loving people and making disciples? We'll, we'll, by 2020, the whole world will be saved. Well, uh, I got I to read this. Hold on, you're not going anywhere, are you? Okay, hold on, real quick. <clears throat> so remember this today. And go, go look at it, Isaiah 54, starting with verse 14, 14 through 17. Listen to this. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble. I'm going to read verse 15 in the Amplified. Behold, they may gather together and stir up strife, but it's not from me is what God said. Whoever stirs up strife against you shall fall and surrender to you. Mm -hmm. See, those are people that are walking in love. Those are people that are making disciples. Those are people that are following the great commandment and the great commission and living that way on a day-to-day -day basis, one person at a time, and realizing that the people around you that are closest to you, it's vital that you're living that way on a day-to-day -day basis. For no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall show to be in the wrong. Mm. This peace and righteousness and security triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of God, those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. This is the righteousness or the vindic vindication which, we, which they obtain from me. This is that which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord. In other words, the Lord is our attorney, right? The Lord is our attorney. He's our vindicator for all those things that get stirred up against us and against our individual lives, against our nation, against our state, against our city, against our schools, against our church, against anything. People that stir up strife against you will surrender to you. If great commandment, great commission are in operation in your life. So see, when Jesus said, be not troubled, he meant it. What does that mean? Well, why would he say, be not troubled? Because there's trouble trying to trouble you, and there's a temptation to be troubled, and he said, he's saying, commanding you, don't be troubled. Amen. Where, did I, where was I? Oh, yeah, I was in John 14. Yes. We'll end with these two verses. So go look at that in Isaiah, and it'll bless you. And let that be, let that be a, this, a cover over your life, and let it, let it rest on you. And watch, watch what Jesus said to his disciples as he's, as he's finishing this passage right here, in, or this talk that he was having with them. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it, do I give to you. Why? Because the peace of the world is conditional. If everything's right, then there's peace, right? When it's not right, there's no peace. Not as the world gives.
do I give to you? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's what he said in the first verse, right? Verse 28, you may, you have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Everything is summarized today in our message, in this message, in everything that I've said, in the fact that he went to the Father, he went to the Father, he prepared a place for us, and he rose again. He went to the Father, he prepared a place for us, and he rose again. He did what Father said, and and in taking all the captives that had been captive for all the 4,000 previous years into captivity into Christ, he led them into that place, and he delivered us, and he set us free. Amen? And so, these three things that I gave you last week, remember these again. How to activate the person of the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis. Number one, being conscious that he is with you and that he will help you. That's how you activate it, is doing whatever it takes to be conscious of it. Remind yourself. If you have to get little cards and stick them around and remind yourself, Holy Spirit is here. Listen to me. I've, ha- I- I- I've, t- I- I've told myself for years, Holy Spirit's always awake. He's always awake. And I'm always listening. Holy Spirit's always awake. He never sleeps. So he wants to speak to you. Remind yourself, you don't have to figure things out on planet Earth. You have a helper to help you. He won't do it for you, but he'll help you. And he'll help you do things. You know, if you're in, a, if you're in financial straits in your life and there's been, been things that you've done and wrong things that you've done and you need, to, you need to make correction, he'll help you get out of that. He won't fix it. Because if he did, if he just fixed it and you didn't change, then he'd enable you to do it again. He's not the fixer, he's the helper. That's the way he set it up. But he will help you and show you and give you what you need to get out of difficult situations. The second thing is that we learn to trust that he will do what he said he will do. It's what we read in in John uh, 14, 12 through 14. God will do what he said he'll do, that we trust that. And as we trust that, then whatever we ask, we receive because we're connected to him. Because he accomplished what he said he accomplished. And if he really did all that, then we have the right to receive all that God has for us. Amen? And we've got to trust that. And the third thing is praying in the spirit and being aware that we can do all things. Because what the Holy Spirit will reveal to you as we pray in the spirit and we, and we receive understanding from God as we pray in the Spirit. We get from Him what we can do when the enemy tries to tell you you can't do something. Maybe all your life you felt like you couldn't do something. Well, that that can't do attitude and spirit has affected things in your life throughout your whole life if you feel like there's a lot of things that you can't do. Because the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And I'm one with Christ. I'm joint heirs with Christ. I'm joint heirs with the anointing. And that anointing wants to accomplish great things in and through me. But I have to believe it. And so as I believe that and I trust that, there's no end to what I can do because I will spend time praying in the Spirit instead of being angry. I'll spend time when there's an opportunity to worry and fret. I'll spend time praying in the Spirit and He'll show me what I can do. And the more you practice that, the more that you'll develop that understanding. We've been talking about that on Wednesday nights. We pray in the Spirit, and then we pray with the understanding. It comes to us. We don't have to do things and figure things out on on planet Earth here on our own. We've been given the person of the Holy Spirit. He's got every answer for every situation that you have ever faced or you ever will face. He has the answer. So we have to access that by praying in the Spirit and by trusting Him and believing that He said everything He said He'll do, He'll do it. So when I read something or I confess something out of my mouth, 
If I, if I say out of my mouth, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that has to become an absolute in me or thoughts and ideas or situations that I see and hear and, and I come in contact with will talk me out of it. If his word says that the greater one lives on the inside of me, then I have to believe that has to become an absolute, but it has to become that way. It won't just be that way because you see it or you heard me say it today or because you said it a couple of times. It has to be something that becomes real to you, and every time something seems like it's bigger and greater, you've got to replace that with what that word says so that you begin to believe it yourself. Other people can believe it. You can hear someone pe preach and teach. You can hear me teach something today, and I, may, I should come off to you like I believe what I'm teaching to you. But it won't change your life just because I believe it. You have to believe it. And you say amen. amen. Today, Holy Spirit is the help. He's the help of your life, and he's the help of all mankind, and he's the help of the world. And he has the answer for everything today that we face. So I, I don't know about you, but you and I, we need to be involved in every facet of our community, of our state, of our nation, and around the world. That's why connections are so vitally important. You need to be involved with people. I mean, I mean opportunities are coming my way. How about you? I mean, stuff happened all the time find myself talking to people, I don't even know how I got there. And I'm, and I'm talking to people that I shouldn't normally be talking to, but they need my influence. And God got me in there because I'm open and I'm ready. And I believe in the Holy Spirit and I believe he's got the answers. And, and you know, when someone asks you a question that is like a, you know, a political official that comes to you and, the, and, and just because you're at their desk and you don't even really know how you got there is because someone said, would you, would, would you go talk to so-and-so? And, and I talked to so-and-so and he says, you know what, talk to the, this person. And so you're in the mayor's office sitting at his desk and he asks you a question about something. And when he, when he asks you the question and you give him the answer that he's never thought about, it was just because of the Holy Ghost. And, I, and, and you get in a situation like that and you talk to somebody like that because God set it up, because you believe in the person of the Holy Spirit inside of you, and, he, and you can have answers that can change a whole city in, 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 in five minutes. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Whole nations can be changed in 30 minutes because of the person of the Holy Ghost. I mean, there's, there's no end. There's no limitation to what can happen if we operate that way, if we all operate that way and we believe in the Holy Spirit who is the help. Amen?